welcome to the Warrior to Warrior podcast, stories and skills to help you remember who you were before the world told you who you should be. Hi friends, it's Lisa. A couple of changes this week. The most obvious is the podcast has changed names. This show was formerly a labor of love called The Radiant Warrior, and it was co-hosted by my dear friend, Amy Pruitt. Amy and I took a year off of the podcast because as those of you who have been longtime listeners know, Amy is a frontline healthcare worker, but we came back because she felt like she could take a sigh of relief with the release of the vaccine. But as we know, things haven't worked out the way that she had hoped. And she is often overwhelmed with an ever-changing schedule and a busy hospital, not to mention her role as a business owner amidst constantly changing COVID regulations. So she's given me her blessing to continue the show on my own, which I love to do. And it was important to me to come back with some consistency. It's a way that helps me to feel useful. Uh, It helps me to offer skills that I think are important in the world right now. And so I did adjust the name to Warrior to Warrior, which is more reflective of what I tend to call my content because it says what it is. This is, um, I mean, everything that I've learned is really because I overcame disordered anxiety and disordered panic that I suffered with for a lot of years. And it's also the name of a signature workshop that features a lot of different skills and tools that help me shift and move to the other side of that. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here and I do hope to be here every single week. In this episode, I'll start with a little bit of an update. A lot has happened since the last episode. I took another break because our family embarked on a lot of travel and a lot of events. And the biggest event happened at the beginning of summer. And we did cover this a little bit where my 19 year old came home after spending a year in college, which was completely online and any parent listening, any young person listening who went to school in 2020 knows that as you were hoping to get back into the classroom for most of you, that did not happen. And where Grace decided to go to college was on real severe lockdown for most of the year. So she really suffered a lot of isolation and a lack of sleep. It was a a really, really unhealthy situation for her. And so a big part of this summer was filled with helping her to restore and balance. Now there's a lot that can be said for just getting enough sleep and enough sunshine, enough touch and love and other people and good nutrition and a little bit of scheduling there. So that's what we focused on as a family to get her ready for the big event, which was a couple of weeks ago, she left to go to Scotland. (laughs) That was a, 
her longtime dream, and it turned out it was a doable dream for us. And so a couple of weeks ago, she, along with my husband, flew off to Scotland, and that had me feeling all the feels, to say the least. And so I've been processing that for the last couple of weeks, and a lot came from that. I'll get back there. I'll start with the last time I left you. We were about to head off as a family back to Canada because our firstborn, my bonus daughter, got married. And as soon as we were allowed to cross the border, we went and thankfully that happened just in time. And it was an intense travel time, as any of you know, who have to travel internationally during COVID. It is intense. And there was a lot of travel to take care of the dog first and to get all the testing that had to be done. But it was all worth it, even though we weren't able to be there for very long. And we were exhausted. Travel can really do that. It was such uh, a beautiful event. And I mean, really just a, you couldn't miss it event. So I'm so happy that the regulations changed just in time. So we were able to be a part of it. And from there, my daughter and I ended up staying in Canada, just flying to a different province in British Columbia, where I could visit my parents after a year. And again, I know a lot of you are in the same boat where you were able to reunite with loved ones after so long. And it was lovely. And it was smoky. We dealt with so much this summer globally, which is an understatement, but a lot of us came very close to fire. And my parents live in the interior British Columbia, and there was a huge fire nearby. So there was many days where you couldn't go outside, which was such a shame because that kind of nature that exists around them is so healing and I knew that I was just weeks away from saying goodbye to my daughter so I was looking forward to taking a dip in my favorite lake every single day and and just taking some time to process all of the change and to ground in the midst of change and unfortunately that couldn't happen but at least I was able to be with my parents There was a stressful moment trying to fly out of British Columbia and come back here to California. I went to the airport and went through security and was waiting for my plane to take off when there was an announcement over the loudspeaker that the airport was closed due to the fire, due to the planes not having the right instruments in order to navigate through the smoke. So that was an incredibly stressful moment for many. And some people didn't end up getting their flights rescheduled for another week. I think the airport stayed closed for about three days. But thankfully, I had booked a ticket on an airline that I hadn't flown on before, Air North. And it was a bigger plane and it was ready to go. And so they got out just in time before everything else was shut down. So I was able to get home after being parted from my husband for a couple of weeks and met my daughter at another airport and we came back for the last few weeks just together the three of us before she embarked to Scotland which was an intense goodbye to say the least 
I took them to LAX and you know beforehand I feel like I said everything that I could say I felt like I was very intentional this summer of drinking up as much time with her as I could of saying everything that needed to be said I think the impending goodbye was sort of hanging like a cloud over the two of us and I think we were really aware of that and and spent some quality time together but that goodbye in the parking lot before they left grace for good I don't know if she plans to come home I mean everything changes that's one thing we know for sure but she intends to make the UK her home and I can see her doing that but Cliff left for 10 days to help her set up in her residence and get everything that she needs and just help her um, settle in we do have some contacts there so she did have community Um, but that last hug any of you know who has had that last hug when you're launching your kid that was a, a challenge for both of us and I had thought that I would come home and get back to work get a lot of work done I could not imagine coming home to an empty house in an empty room and I thankfully have some really beautiful friendships close by and I just called them and said I'm coming right there (laughs) so I went and spent a couple of days with some girlfriends and that was incredibly healing did a few of my favorite hikes until I was ready to come back and it took me another four or five days of being in my house before I could go back into her bedroom and what I can say about the emotions that came up is how I've been trying to explain it to friendships. I, I think it's just a unique combination of emotions and it's hard for us to feel as though we can feel opposite feelings at the same time, but we can. For me anyway, motherhood has asked me to hold a lot of opposing feelings at the same time and saying goodbye to her I do feel a form of grief of course it's that specific kind of sob um, that I know that many of you can relate with but of course I also hold excitement and, and I trust her so deeply it's all there I have a little you know added emotion around what she's been through and knowing that there's only so much I can help her with there's only so much that I can support her with that caused some intense feelings that I was referring to as disenchantment you know as somebody who is a is a helper as somebody who gathered some tools to help myself it's such a helpless feeling to you know really not have a lot of control over the mental health of somebody else I can help but we all know that we have to walk through that fire on our own and as parents we have to come to learn that part of it and the painful part of it is watching our kids 
have to move through intense challenges and pain. We want to protect them. We know ultimately that they need to create their own resilience. But it's almost harder. It is harder, I think, to watch our kids experience pain than the pain that we experienced ourselves. So just the reality of what she's been through over the summer definitely affected me. And even though I had many moments of joy and contentment and gratitude, there was always this place of sadness, I guess, is the easiest way to describe it. I'm not using that as a negative either. I think it's okay to hold negative emotions along with positive emotions. I've learned a long time ago that the good vibes only sentiment doesn't work for me, that emotions are there to be felt. And sometimes it's a challenge to do that, but they do need to move. And in order to move them, naming them and feeling them helps. Sometimes we have to choose a time to feel them. But indeed, we do have to choose that time to feel them. Because if we just continually distract ourselves and avoid anything that feels uncomfortable, it's going to be waiting there for us. So I avoided it once I said that goodbye as much as I could. I felt it at first. And I reached out. I think like many of you in those times of intense emotion, it's so easy to isolate, but I'm getting better at reaching out and reminding myself the power of community, but also taking responsibility for my own energy in those friendships. I know that I was going and I was visiting girlfriends that themselves are very busy, that themselves are launching kids. So I made sure to ask, you know, do you feel like you have the space to welcome me into your home for a few hours to a few days? And, you know, I promise that I'm going to be mindful of my own energy. So I've learned to check in about that. But it feels good for us to support one another and know that there's nothing that we can do to fix something for somebody else, but just to just to hold that and acknowledge and allow and acknowledging and allowing is what's important for all of us when we're moving through processing emotions during that time the time when they were both in Scotland and I was on my own avoiding going into her room until the last minute (laughs) I thought about that very popular poem that I've read in classes before called The Guest House by the 13th century Sufi poet Rumi. This poem is incredibly inspiring and it really illustrates how we can learn to be curious and accepting and even embracing of our emotions to know that, yes, they're uncomfortable, but we can feel uncomfortable feelings and it is important to take some time to feel it. Now, sometimes that grief is way too heavy and we can go in it and then it is important to take care of ourselves and move out of it. We don't want to get stuck. We want to allow the emotions to move. And I have some ideas and 
that I practice myself where I allow those emotions to move by placing some action towards each emotion. But first, I wanted to share this poem. Whether you've heard it or not, it might just be a refresher. But it's called The Guest House. And it goes like this. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. And so I read that, I have that up in my house and I see that often to remind myself that even if I am in the midst of a feeling that feels terrible, of course we know that that's temporary, that it's going to change. I'm not one to to try to teach myself or others that it's so much better to get right into a positive emotion to reframe things. However, we know that our body likes positive emotions, that the systems of our body respond better to positive emotions. And there are usually helpful reframes that we can use, but sometimes things are just devastating. And it's important not to take that away or to tell ourselves that we have no right to feel devastated, that other people have it way worse. All that is true, but it's also true that it's important to acknowledge how we're feeling. And then when it's time to move it, there are things we can do. For example, I did let myself cry. There were a few songs that really remind me of my daughter that I allowed myself to listen to and cry. And it feels better. We know that that feels better. Holding back tears, that does not feel good. That's like literally stuffing our emotions back into our eyes, letting it flow. That's what sadness is. It helps us to refresh ourselves. We do feel softer and often relieved and more open after we cry. So I let myself cry. I moved in intentional ways when I was alone. And when I was organizing her things and clearing her space, it was with a lot of love, as if I were sending her out with as much trust and hope and blessings as I I possibly could. I did it very ceremoniously and it felt good. Just like it feels good when we're feeling irritated or angry and we channel our anger into a run or a good power walk or cleaning our house. It feels good to do something with our emotions. 
And sometimes it feels good to rest. And sometimes it feels good to distract. And sometimes it feels good to watch Bachelor in Paradise or whatever your version of, you know, more of that mindless TV is to make ourselves feel a little bit better because no emotion is meant to completely sustain. And then when we do feel the natural sense of well-being that comes from appreciation and enjoyment and contentment, and we can be present with that. We can say thank you for that. We can enhance it and stay in it and remind ourselves that it will come back, that we'll feel it again. And I did. As the week drew to an end and my husband's travel date to come back to me drew closer, I started to become energized. Of course, I was hearing from them and I was getting pictures and my daughter was thriving. She was having dinner with our connections who were really taking her under their wing. She moved into her residence. She decorated it just like she dreamed to. She wanted to create a real sanctuary that had an open door policy for her roommates. And that dream actualized. Her roommates have moved in and for the time being, she feels a sense of community, something that she's longed for for so long. She told herself that that's how it was going to be when she moved to the UK. And so far, so it is. I know and you know and she knows that that will change. But for now, it soothes my mama's heart to know that she's happy, to know that she's safe, to know that she is starting to step into who she wants to be. That's it. That's all we want as parents. And so when I am tempted to worry about her, I send her some blessings. I know about her dreams and the things that she wishes for herself. And so I picture her living them out instead of letting my computer brain find evidence for all the reasons that I should be worried for her. I hold excitement for not only her, but for myself. This is a new threshold of parenthood when you are living in an empty nest. And my husband and I, we do that quite well. We enjoy one another And we let ourselves enjoy one another. We let ourselves miss her. And at the same time, we let ourselves enjoy this newfound togetherness. Seemingly opposing feelings that we can hold at the same time. And that's what I would encourage the most that is taken from this episode, that it is possible to be sad and also excited and grateful and feel intense love all at the same time. We've got room to hold all of that. 
I almost felt this summer like my heart grew bigger to hold all of that. I maybe wasn't as enthusiastic all of the time or jumping for joy all the time. Maybe I lost a little bit of energy from time to time because there is more sadness. Um, Yeah, maybe even frustration and anger because when you love somebody who's struggling with their mental health, you know, that helpless anger can take over too. I mean, that's all there. That's all there. But again, so is appreciation. And so is contentment and joy. It's all there. And certainly one emotion can take over and get bigger from time to time. But I do know that that will be temporary. And all I need to do is ride that wave until I sink into the next emotion. Being as present as I can be. And knowing that I'll never get it perfect. But knowing that I can ground in the face of change. That's what we've all been doing. So much change, so much uncertainty. This summer full of actual change for so many of us traveling for the first time, reuniting, maybe going to smaller COVID-friendly events, family reunions, weddings. And now we find ourselves in a season of change and the actual transitional season of fall. Fall equinox upon us on the 22nd. I'll be teaching a free online class. I'm going to be teaching a a community free class that day for the fall equinox. One thing that happens in fall for a lot of us is we do sink back into our work, into our schedules, and it feels good. It's like a new year. I'm still new to this new community in California. And because we moved here during quarantine, I haven't made much community or found a place to teach. I'm still not comfortable teaching inside, but I have found a space to teach outside. And my first class is going to be the fall equinox. And that's really important to me to find a community of yogis. It's a huge part of my own personal practice to share the skills of yoga with others. So stay tuned because I'm also going to teach an online class that day. That's my plan at the moment. And I'm also tomorrow, because you're listening, this podcast is released Thursday, Friday, September 10th. I'm actually starting a little bit of a challenge and I decided that I would invite you to join me. One of the most powerful tools in my yoga therapy toolbox is Yoga Nidra. Maybe you've heard me talk about this or you've experienced a practice with me in my members resource, live or online. But this is a a practice that um, invites you to lie down and be guided into this incredibly relaxing and healing meditation. Now, the difference is rather than seated, you are lying down and you're guided the whole time. So for people who have wanted to cultivate a meditation practice, but it hasn't worked for them, this is a really nice point of entry because it's so relaxing. 
It feels so good. You're guided to relax your whole body. So the body really is having the experience of sleeping and the mind has the experience of resting completely. And studies show that our brain changes to a real um, healing state and the systems of our body start to heal. And over time, people see major reduction in anxiety and depression. There's emotional and hormonal regulation that, that goes on, so many benefits. But the benefits compound, of course, the more you practice. And I've told myself all summer long that I was going to take 20 to 30 minutes a day and practice yoga nidra because I myself want to experience what it would be like to practice with so much consistency. There are a lot of things that I do with consistency. I've talked about it here. I have a a lot of things that keep me grounded, that keep me inspired, um, that keep me connected to a deeper part of myself, things that I do every single morning, but I have not found the commitment to practice yoga nidra every day. And I do have the time. Most of us have 20 minutes a day. You know, if you are working from home, for sure, that makes it a little bit easier. Challenging if you're a single parent, I know. But if you have kids and you have a way where you can take 20 to 30 minutes sometime in midday, another great time to practice a yoga nidra would be at the end of the workday before dinner, after dinner, any sort of transitional point in your day if you don't have a good sleep rather than hitting the snooze button or scrolling in bed for 20 to 30 minutes, practice a yoga nidra. Um, So I, I can do this. I can make 20 to 30 minutes be dedicated to rejuvenation. And rejuvenation is so important. This year so far, has been incredibly depleting. I mean, not to mention what's going on in our personal lives, but what's going on globally, so much of it devastating, so much of it frustrating, uh, inciting outrage. And it's all right there on our fingertips, right? It's all right there on our screens. Looking at screens in itself is so depleting for us sleeplessness, worry, all of this. And then many of us are drawn to health regimes that are even more depleting, like detoxes or over-exercising. This is more depleting and can create havoc with our hormones and the systems of our body, our digestive system. What many of us need more than practices that are more depleting is rejuvenation practices and and they're simple right they're real productive rest they're real nutritious food regularity with our schedule regularity and quality with our sleep so one of the most powerful rejuvenation practices we can do is yoga nidra So I'm going to challenge myself to practice yoga nidra every day for 21 days. Starting Friday, that will take me to the end of the month. And then I thought, I want some accountability. I want to do this in community. I miss community. I took the summer off from offering live online classes. I could tell that my attention was so fractured. My attention really was 
on supporting my daughter as much as I was I could and I didn't feel like I was doing a service to the students that I was teaching as part of my resource which by the way was called vibrancy and tranquility and is now called warrior to warrior just keeping everything simple <laughs> again it says exactly what it is so before I get back to offering live I want to see what it's like to spend 21 days offering myself productive rest once a day, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, 30 minutes. And so if you want to join me, just join me for free. I mean, no strings, just go to lisadumasyoga.com. There'll be an area on the website where you'll see practice with me, and then you can click on 21 days of rejuvenation. And if you want to join, sign up and I'll send you a video recording of a yoga nidra every Friday. So you'll get a total of three. The idea being that you can do the first for the first week and that'll be 20 minutes. I'll record a 25 minute practice the second week and a 30 minute practice the third week. Studies say that 21 days is a length of time that helps us to build a new habit. And I am excited to experience the benefits of what this consistency will offer. So please join me. Let's do this together. Let me know if you're going to join me, um, tag me or write me. Tell me about your progress. Tell me if this is having any specific um, benefits and if you're noticing any changes in your life. If you have any questions about Yoga Nidra, you can always reach out to me via my website or connect with me on social media as well. So again, thank you for being here. I hope that you have been able to ground in the midst of so much change and uncertainty in your own way. Feel your feet on the ground. Take a few minutes with your breath. I hope you have your own rituals that help you connect with a deeper part of yourself. And I hope you have your own way of holding more than one emotion at the same time that you know that it's okay to feel grateful and happy even though there's sadness there or to feel sad even though there's still contentment there. There can be nuance. We have the space to hold it all. And the one thing we can count on is that emotions, their energy in motion, they will move, they will flow, but they're not meant to be stuck. And we can feel that way sometimes. But we're not meant to be stuck either. Thank you so much, as always, for being here. And I'll see you next week for the Warrior to Warrior podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Warrior to Warrior podcast. If you enjoyed it, please take a moment to give this podcast a five-star review. You can do that in the Apple Podcast app. It helps other people to find the show. Thank you so much.